From Twin Cities Business, this is By All Means, a show about innovation, drive, and purpose, and the leaders who make business work in Minnesota. I'm Allison Kaplan, your host and editor-in-chief of Twin Cities Business Magazine. We're coming to you from the studios of our presenting sponsor, the University of St. Thomas's Opus College of Business, serving more than 3,000 students enrolled in its undergraduate and graduate business programs. The college develops effective principal business leaders who think globally and act ethically. And now, by all means. As many clothing brands and manufacturers have jumped into production on face masks and face shields in the fight against coronavirus, Love Your Melon decided to focus on the customers at the heart of its mission, children battling cancer. The brand best known for its popular beanies and for donating half its profits to the fight against pediatric cancer is now making face masks for young hospital patients and their families who are at high risk during the coronavirus pandemic. We spoke to Love Your Melon co-founder and president, Zach Quinn last year on By All Means and told his amazing founder story, which began in a classroom at the University of St. Thomas. We're checking in with him now to talk about how he's leading through uncertainty. Well, tell us, Zach, first of all, um, how are you doing and, and where are you right now? I'm in St. Mary's Point, Minnesota, a little town by Afton. What are you doing and, there? Uh, we are we are working hard at, as we can while social distancing and Everybody on the Love Your Mountain team is working from home. Mm-hmm. I'm in the neighborhood I grew up in. I live six houses down from my parents, and it's actually a wonderful blessing to be able to see them every day and and to see them walk by and keep them safe, but but really to still be able to connect with them and, and everybody yeah. else in our lives. Well, tell us, before we talk about your pivot into um, face masks, talk a little bit about how this crisis hit your company. When, when, did you, when do you recall first hearing about coronavirus, and when did you start getting a sense that, wow, this is going to disrupt business as we know it? I remember talking about those poor people that were stuck on that cruise ship uh, in Japan, which must have been late January, early February that we were starting to talk about this as well as the mask shortage overseas um, as they were trying to keep up with controlling this virus. So it's been a long uh, conversation for us. We've been thinking of ways that we could help and seeing this progress, kind of knowing that it was going to get worse. I mean, it seems there were a lot of obvious things that we're looking back on now and saying, well, those are pretty good signs of where this was going. Right. Did you start to see um, changes in traffic or a decrease in orders online or from retailers? You know, we, we did in uh, January and February. And then in March, when we were gearing up for our BOGO day, is when we first started to hear inklings of this. We still did our BOGO day. And we started on Monday and had a great first 12 hours. And then it was that same kind of week that throughout that we started to kind of level off and decrease in sales as well as watching all of this go on throughout that week. And and we're just thankful that we did it then and didn't do it the week after because that was our really our biggest day of the year. And we ended up doing less than we did last year, um, but we're still able to get that inventory out and give customers a good buy one, get one deal Sure, before it was too late. Because then for a couple of weeks, the country really just shut down and and 
no sales were happening, even online. Everybody was really freaked out. People so. not buying beanies. That's when we first started to see that impact. Now, since then, we've geared up new releases. Um, even before the face masks, we started doing our lightweight beanie release and our Disney release that we had in a collaboration with the ad of new lightweight beanies. And we started to see those actually do really well because people were at home. They weren't shopping Mm -hmm. stores. And actually, those online releases started to do really well. And then we released face masks on Friday to the public to help fund us giving away more of them. And those sold out in minutes. Hmm. It was pretty cool to see the support, but also we're frantically trying to make as many of these as possible. We've produced about 150,000 masks so far. And most of those are shipping out to hospitals around the country first to children and families battling cancer, as well as healthcare providers and emergency service members. So how difficult or challenging was it? I mean, you're you're a company and, and you're a, a leader who's used to doing things quickly on the fly. I remember we talked about that when we had you on By All Means originally. How quickly were you able to, to put this together to start manufacturing face masks? Our team started talking really closely with M Health, the University of Minnesota Fairview team, uh, especially Dr. Abe Jacob over there and and Leanne. That team has been really incredible in helping us to figure out what we could do to help. And so really the direction it went in over the last month was taking these medical grade materials like surgical wrap from the hospital that they weren't using at the time because a lot of operating rooms actually are shut down because elective surgeries aren't happening. Right. So they have excess material that's all medical grade and prevents uh, micro droplets and and other virus particles and things like that from going through them. They deflect water. And so we're looking at those materials and saying, okay, this could be better than cotton because the CDC is coming out and saying everybody should be wearing cotton face masks. So if we can get a medical grade material that's better at doing this than cotton, then we've succeeded. And so we got a bunch of that material, started cutting and sewing it into face masks alongside, we should say, a bunch of other hospitals around the country that are doing this, like um, University of Florida and Cornell has done research on it and, and many others. So what we were looking at, though, is, OK, how do we ramp up production like this? Because we can't just be doing this in small numbers. Mm-hmm. We need to be making as many of these as possible. So we've gotten all of our manufacturers online. I mean, our big ones that make our beanies all the way to new ones and uh, trying to get as many people on board to to make these masks as possible. We had a pretty big breakthrough with the M Health team where we designed a new mask, having seen some out there using cotton doing this, where they could use the stretchy material to kind of fit it over the years without having to sew elastic on. Hmm. And we figured if we designed one with enough ear slots on either side, it could be fitted to someone's head with a surgical wrap, even though that material is not very stretchy. Wow. And so that's what we designed with them. And we can die cut those and and print those out. Uh, We're making about 50,000 of those a day, which is pretty cool to, to see those numbers. The cut and sew ones take longer. We're making more like twenty five thousand of those a week. Now, I, I'm so you're you're both donating them to pediatric cancer patients and to their families, but you're also selling some to to pay for the effort. 
Yeah, we started by committing to 50,000 masks that we would make to give away to children battling cancer and their families and the medical community on the front lines. But beyond that, we have to be able to get consumer support for this. We're spending about $100,000 on the first round of masks that we're able to give away that we expect to do about 50,000 of those. And then we need consumers to purchase masks and for everyone sold, we'll give one away. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of the one-time wear masks, if you buy 10, 10 are given away. And the packs of those are selling for $10. So they're $1 a piece and you can make a huge impact on getting these masks out there. And we, we're really trying to do everything as close to cost as possible. We can't lose money doing mm-hmm. this, but but we're really trying to do this as a community effort to show not only our company's support for everybody that's being impacted by this, but really to try and make a difference sure. this time. Right now, of course, everybody is scrambling to, to get masks and we're being told they have to be washed. So everybody is supposed to have, you know, a few of them to rotate. But, but once people get set, it's hard to imagine that they're going to want to continue buying them or are they? I mean, are, are you, how will you decide how long you continue making masks? Well, we'll continue improving them. I think that that's we're very early on in that stage. I mean, we've been making these cotton masks as well as the surgical wrap masks, both in cut and sew, as well as the one-time wear masks that are die-cut surgical wrap. And then we have those headbands with the buttons on them where you can prevent your ears from getting sore by wearing the elastic on the buttons on the headbands. We're making new masks, like even as right now I'm looking at samples that we've got that incorporate the surgical wrap in with cotton. So you keep the washability and protection of the surgical wrap layers, as well as the comfort and washability and reusable nature of the cotton layers. So you see see this as sort of a long-term project. I mean, you think you'll be making masks into, I mean, throughout the year? Seeing how people are being instructed now to wear these masks whenever they go out in public. I don't think there's any chance that this production goes away for the next six to 12 months at least. Hmm. I think that masks need to continue to be improved. And I think people need a lot more of them. And the overseas manufacturers, especially in China, aren't going to be able to just step in and supply everything we need Mm -hmm. as a country. And so us as even smaller U.S. manufacturers, everybody we can get online to do this we're working with and we all got to step up and and fill this fill this need and and maybe we'll find something that works even better than what we're doing right now and continue to increase the demand we're not selling these for a lot i mean most of our masks are going for 15 dollars, and that gives away a mask when you buy one mm-hmm. and then the one-time wear ones are sold for a dollar each and so those those could be really valuable for whether it's sports teams or grocery stores to give away or even airlines. Once they get back up and running, they could give away a mask to everybody that comes into their stadium or their store hmm. or on their airplane. So meanwhile, what about your your the rest of your product line? Do you are you reducing the amounts that you're producing? Are you able to to keep up? What are how how do you plan for for the rest of this year and beyond as a company? We got increased demand for all of our products at this time. And we think as long as we keep coming out with creative new stuff, people will 
even be more engaged now than they have been in years past throughout the spring and summer with us because people are at home. They're not shopping in stores. They'll be shopping online. And we can keep their interest as long as we come out with cool stuff. Hmm. So that's what we're focused on. We're not decreasing production of our other lines. We're actually going to be ramping it up, especially with what we need for for next season and anticipating what's going to go on in retail. So we think that e-commerce can be big and we can get all these products in people's hands safely and quickly. And so we'll be just working on making stuff that people really will like and enjoy. I'm looking at some samples of bucket hats right now. And I just think how cool that could be with the Charles Schultz, like Snoopy logo mm-hmm. on them. And so we got to be creative about that. Like maybe even doing Disney headbands or Baby Yoda products could come back too. So hmm. wow. we'll be working on a lot of different things as well as our own lines of things that don't involve licensing. But people are coming out to support brands, I think, that are really working hard to make a difference here. And and that's what we think we're doing. And we'll continue trying, that's for sure. Meanwhile, Zach, um, is your whole team working right now? Yeah, we have our whole team on still, and they're all working hard from home. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to see how much we can get done even out of the office. Yeah, I was going to ask you. people working really hard. How do you think this is going to change your business or the way you work um, going forward? Yeah, we're not sure about that. I know our landlord would hope we'd stay in our big <laughs> office space for a long time, but our lease is up at the end of the year and we're close to it. And we'll really have to evaluate whether we move to a smaller space in the building or or how we work from home and, and continue to do this. We don't know what's going to happen in the fall. I mean, they're talking about sports teams not playing for the rest of the year, colleges not going back in session and things are going to change, I think, pretty drastically. Yeah. Yeah. What have you, what have you learned about yourself as, as a leader, as a, you know, president and founder of a, of a growing company? What have you learned about yourself in this whole crisis? I think under pressure, you kind of find a lot of peace and calmness and you got to just kind of work with that. Um, thing as a person I've done better with the amount of pressure at hand and I continue to try and get better every day try to make myself available to everyone no matter what their request is how large or small because everybody really is trying to help out right now and everybody's got something to offer so we're really trying to focus on being inclusive and working on as hard as we can on making a difference here. Yeah. And I think the pressure is good. It feels like we're really at this. And I know that the, like my peers, even our heads of other manufacturers that we work with are excited to be in there, whether it's cutting and sewing themselves or stamping out, stamping out face masks. They're excited to be more hands-on to have to do what's needed and have a purpose. And that's really what I'm feeling good about is having a, a strong purpose and a, a unified mission here. Right, right. Well, uh, that that is great. You're doing good things, Zach. We appreciate you you checking in with us and uh, wish you the best of luck and, and good health to you and your team. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Thank you.
Well, it's so interesting, all the stories that are coming out about companies that are trying to quickly pivot, pitch in and help where they can and also keep the lights on and keep their core product line going. For more perspective on that, let's go back to the classroom with the University of St. Thomas Opus College of Business. Gino Giovanelli is a digital marketing professor at St. Thomas, and I know he's got a lot of thoughts on social media and e-commerce. Gino, it's been really interesting to see how for a lot of brands that are digital first, they've actually been weathering this crisis quite well. Yeah, actually, I'm not I'm not that surprised, Allison, because a couple reasons. One, you have a brand like Love Your Melon that is so strong in social media. They have the ability to reach their customers, um, both acquisition of new customer and retention through social media. It's, it's very powerful. Um, and the other thing is that they have a new product now with the masks that has huge demand because people want to be able to help people who need masks, either for themselves, their family, or if they want to donate them to a, a you know, first responder type business or, a, or an essential business that has to be open. Um, they've created a, a product line extension that has huge demand in the marketplace. Okay. And they have a way to communicate that message through social media. Mm-hmm. The trifecta is the fact that they can, they can sell that product online, which makes them not dependent on brick and mortar retail. Right. Which, which means anybody anywhere can order from any computer, any phone, as long as they have an internet connection. Yeah. So it's virtually ubiquitous distribution. It feels like we're witnessing problem solving in real time on such a mass scale, whether it's manufacturing or branding or brands just figuring out new ways to do things. That's right. And I think with technology, it allows you to pivot really fast, right? I mean, you don't have to create a new, uh, a new, a new storefront, if you will. You don't have to um, put a bunch of investment into, into, into hardware. It's really the technology allows you to pivot and say, we're going to sell this way with this product through these channels. Mm-hmm. And with you, we can buy keywords on Google. We can, you know, we, we can turn this into a new business in a matter of hours, honestly. And that, and that's, you know, technology helps us do that. It helps us change the way we sell, helps us change the way we deliver, helps us change the way we order uh, our, our raw materials. It's, it's a, it's a new game. And, and I think in this kind of situation where we're living day by day and week by week, you have to be nimble. Right. Right. Do you, do you, do you think it'll have lasting impacts on retail and commerce in particular or too soon to say? I, I do think it, I think we're going to learn, or these businesses are going to learn some new ways to do business that they, they, they might not want to shed. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe love your melon with this whole face mask thing realizes there's a product, there's an offering in this space that goes on beyond hopefully COVID, right? Where there's, there's still a need in the market. And, and if they ever need to launch a new product line, they know how to do it because they had to do it, right? right. They also in maybe learn some things that, that didn't work so well mm-hmm. and to know not to do those. Yeah, great, great case studies for your future classes, that's for sure. Gino, thank you so much for your perspective. And thanks to our sponsor, the University of St. Thomas Opus College of Business. Take a minute, subscribe to the show. You can go to tcbmag.com slash by all means for access to all of our episodes. Lots of stories of leadership and innovation that I think will be really helpful no matter what your business is in these crazy times. Thanks for listening.
teamwork to make By All Means, and we've got some all-stars. Thanks to our audio engineer, Tom Ferlitti. Digital support is Ricky Hannigan and Dan Nepo. Thanks to the University of St. Thomas Senior Media Relations Manager, Vanita Sakar and Associate Dean of the Schultz School of Entrepreneurship, Laura Dunham, for all their help. Our theme music is by Songfinch. Hope you enjoyed By All Means. <laughs>